Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Floor 9. I am Scott Elcherson. Ben Hone. Angel Mendoza. And we are your hosts this week. Uh, we have a great episode uh, this week. It's all it's going to be all about sports betting with the recent announcements from uh, the one and only su- Supreme Court. But before we dive in, a quick background on the lab. You know, guided by our forward-thinking perspective, the lab team explores emerging technologies and their potential to become new media platforms. Uh, our focus is on research and strategy, enables us to analyze the latest platform developments, understand how they will impact consumers, and advise our clients how to navigate the disruption they bring. Uh, so, Ben, what happened recently? What is the background? Uh, why is this a big deal? Uh, what happened at the su- Supreme Court this week? So, the Supreme Court opened the door to legal sports betting across the country by invalidating the federal prohibitions on wagers, which was part of the 1992 Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, or PASPA. Sounds like a lot going on there. And yes, so it was all led by my home state, New Jersey. Shout out, New Jersey. Represent. We're all from Jersey here. We're we're all from Jersey. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) We all... We all pump fists, not gas. And I'm excited to, uh, you know, place some sports bets on my way to the path every morning. <laughs> on the way to work. And Ben, I, w- I want to take a quick moment to just kind of size up the potential market uh, and why these leagues are so excited to really participate in it. Uh, so if we take a look at 2017 and the amount of money that was wagered on sports events in just Vegas in 2017, it was a record $4.8 billion, uh, which is no small sum of money like that is a lot a lot of money um but then to understand what the potential for the u.s market could be um we take we we can take a look at the uk market as an example you know as a reference as 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 a a data point here and uh the number that was extrapolated from the uk for the u.s market was a potential of about 67 billion and that i would say isn't a ceiling or that is a ground floor. Like I'm sure that is, it, it's going to be much higher than that. Um, so there is a very large pool of unregulated money out there today. And this could be, you know, a lot of, you know, sources of, in- of, of income for not, not, not only teams and leagues, but also states like this, like there's, there's a lot of opportunity. And this is why um, it's su- such a big, um, big deal right now with the Supreme court um, overturning the, the old 1992 regulations. So uh, we want to kind of talk about this because we think there are some impacts that this might have on, uh, I guess, r- right off the bat here, um, traditional sports viewing. Um, so, Ben, you were the one that really brought up this conversation. So you just want to dive straight into, you know, what are your things that, like, what, what are your thoughts on how this can be impacting, um, you know, some traditional viewing habits, consumer behavior that we see sure. today in the market? I mean, I think right off the bat in the short term, it's going to at least temporarily reverse the trend that we've been seeing of declining traditional sports viewership. As people get more and more skin in the game, they're definitely going to be more inclined to tune in to watch these live sporting events. So Ben, let me hit, let me hit you with a counterpoint here to that uh, conversation. Because I could see why this might um, increase traditional sports viewership, but you know, playing d- like devil's advocate, um, I kind of think that it might just be more like flat to slightly increased in viewership just because, I mean, the people have already been betting, right? Mm -hmm. And they've already been incentivized to tune in because they have money on the line. Mm -hmm. So just because it's now defederalized and it's up to the states to make um, the rules, 
I don't know if that's going to be like enough incentive for more people to like to kind of tune in. I think the people that maybe at, at a time were interested in betting but didn't want to because it was illegal, maybe they will come in. Or they just didn't know how to. Right. Or maybe they, they didn't have a local bookie, so right. they couldn't place bets, but they always wanted to. Right. So that so like that might be a way that we might we might see like a bump in kind of TV viewership, but in general, um, when when I at least when I look at it, that um, I think the people that that were already betting, or have have already been tuning in as much as much as they can because like their money's already been on the line. And overall, when it comes to this, like it being now defederalized or and almost legalized. I don't know how how great of, of an impact that that will have on the kind of like re- reversing this trend that we're seeing and declining viewership. I have some thoughts on that. So I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm still going to say traditional TV viewership will still decline. However, licensing or getting the rights to broadcast games will go up because now as you see Twitter, as you see Amazon getting those rights and streaming the football games, now you can easily overlay gambling so with traditional TV, theoretically, you would need to get a book you or open up an app and place your bets. If you're able to do that on the same screen, even if you ha- haven't gambled in the past, this makes it a lot easier for you to place a bet here, place a bet there, or even place bets on what's the next play. So I think streaming will go up. Traditional TV will still either be flat or decline. Yes, I think what I, what I said before was that um, traditional sports viewing in the short term will probably the, the, de- the decline will subsidize and i actually think that it'll increase for a while the platforms through which we view those traditional sports those trends might remain the same i think that just tv viewership overall is kind of uh plateaued when it comes to sports viewing yep. i think live streaming definitely is going to continue to grow and for one of the reasons that angel just stated which is that this is already live in the UK. They already have overlays where there's essentially a pop-up when you're watching a live stream sports event that prompts you to you know, put some money on the line if you want to. So just that ease to, of sports betting is going to bankrupt me, first of all. <laughs> but also, could, I mean, it just could, it could lead to a lot more tune-in via live stream. And Adam Silver even alluded to this. Adam Silver, who's the NBA commissioner, alluded to the fact that the UK already has this process in place and seems to be pretty interested in exploring that for basketball. So my question to you is, who do you think benefits immediately based on this ruling? The states, the leagues, and the casinos or racetracks or places where sports gambling is going to be legal because they're all going to make a ton of money. That and probably uh, DraftKings and FanDuel just got like a a, a lifeline. <laughs> one got acquired recently. Also, one one thing to note, the payment method. W- will it be Apple Pay? Will it be Stripe? I'm sorry. Will it be Apple Pay? Will it be PayPal? Because those transaction fees, they're going to rack up, especially if the potential market is $67 billion. So whoever wins that will actually benefit as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you think about the live streaming platforms themselves – they're going to have to integrate some kind of payment method in order to um, offer this type of live prompts for betting. So, yeah, that could be an Amazon Prime. It could be an Apple Pay or an Apple TV. It, that's that's a good point. Yeah, and, and when we talk about FanDuel and Fantasy, FanDuel and DraftKings, it's actually interesting. We can kind of use them as a proxy for what these sports books are 
going to pump back into the market in terms of sponsorship dollars. I think we all remember a couple of years ago when FanDuel and DraftKings raised a ton of money. They immediately poured it right into NFL sponsorship and they completely inundated the market with TV spots, pre-roll, out of home. They were literally everywhere. So much so that they actually put a big target on their back and and the government started looking into how legal this daily fantasy sports ecosystem was. So yes, they get a lifeline, but also we can expect to see potentially a lot of these placements snatched up by the sports bettors now that this is legal. And going off of that, the game itself, do we see any issues with corruption and fixing matches now that there's large sums of now even like legal amounts of money on the line between players or owners or whatever it might be like how do we think um, that's all going to play out in a market yeah it's a constant struggle in countries where sports betting is already legal the italian sports league had a huge scandal with match fixing and it's something that all the commissioners of the major sports sports leagues in the U.S. have included in their statement in response to this Supreme Court ruling, which is that they must protect the integrity of the game. So it's something to keep an eye out for. But if there even is a hint of match fixing, right. this whole thing could go up in smoke. And, you know, the, everything we've been talking about in terms of sports viewership, whether it's on TV, traditional broadcast or uh, live streaming, you know, people are going to tune out in droves. As you mentioned, all like the commissioners and leagues are, you know, going to be fighting hard against um, that overarching, I guess, impact or potential greed of fixing sports. But um, it might be a bit more difficult than we than we think. Yeah, I mean, Boston sports fans already love to claim that all the matches they lose are fixed. Yeah. So <laughs> this just gives them more fuel to the fire, in which case we all lose. Well, it's funny. I guess with digital, we can see new ways of betting. So instead of the final score or a line is predicting the next play or call or s- set, I, I guess, rotation, for example. Tons of prop bets. Yeah, points per quarter. Yep. So there's ways around it. It's just, yeah, prop bets at the end of the day. Well, the other thing that's really cool when you think about the implication on live streaming is that the NBA did already announce a partnership with Bleacher Report which is going to be live streaming games for them uh, through their app. And they introduced micropayments so that if you know that a game is going into the fourth quarter and is going to be a really tight game, you can pay like 99 cents to just tune in for a portion of a game that you normally wouldn't have access to unless you had NBA Game Pass already. Right. Ben, that's a great point. And I could see Red Zone have a similar model or offering because think of this way. If you're able to place bets on players across different teams in the last two minutes, then you can have your own two-minute red zone channel. So you, for a fee, you can see all your players just play those last two minutes and see if you won or not. The The conversation around digital payments is a super interesting to me because I think today, well, I know today, like, you have to go to a casino or a place that is legalized uh, and do cash bets like that's like what it has to be but if the idea of doing it like micro payments or digital payments is super interesting um and especially because when we talk about esports and gaming i think you know when we talk about traditional sports like there's an like there's an appetite for it there but also in esports and gaming it's a super has like super high-paced environments um passionate loyal fans and most of the 
different esports um, um, commissioners, I guess you can call them, are in support of it and want to be treated similar to just the traditional sports leagues as well, so like they can bring this uh, into the gaming environment as well. Um, and we already know that esports and gaming is digital first. The so it just, I think it provides an interesting opportunity. Um, esports is not explicitly mentioned in the Supreme Court ruling about legalizing sports betting, but there are advocacy groups within the esports community that are pushing for esports to be given the same treatment as traditional sports. This is interesting and relevant because the esports audience is, you could say, primed to uh, to to integrate sports betting because they already view they view it on a, a digital platform they're used to making micro payments and they're used to interacting with broadcasts already more so than tradition the, the traditional sports audience yeah and it's interesting too because uh, when you look at the esports audience by nature especially if they through twitch it's a global audience uh, which brings up questions about regulation and how for example if twitch were to in in some way, shape, or form, bring sports betting onto their platform. How are they going to regulate that? Because by you know by nature, their audience is global. They already have a payment method already in place with Twitch Bits, theoretically. So yep. it's n- probably not that hard. Great point, Angel. I'd like that th- that would be a way for them to you know possibly just like roll out a, a solution. But um, you know, it's being this is being turned on state by state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm viewing in, let's say, California, but it's not legal there, but it's it's coming from New Jersey where it is legal, it's like, how do you how do you regulate that? Um, so interesting things to think about um, for, for like the future of the landscape. Brand new world. It's a brand new world. Uh, so with that, brand takeaways. What do you guys think uh, brands should be thinking about this? Like, what is the impact on brands? Uh, how should they be thinking? What are your, what are your first initial thoughts here? It'll be interesting to see what brands decide that they want to partner with these sports betting entities and what those opportunities might be. I imagine that it will still be viewed as a vice for many, and there's going to be a bit of educational time before brands feel comfortable aligning with this type of content. Yeah, for me, it's, and you touched on this, is how brands are going to partner with gambling platforms, but how are they going to do it? How are they going to integrate? Are they going to give away, um, I guess, currency, different types of currency to actually gamble? Or what's that ad unit, quote unquote, that they're going to use on these platforms? As I mentioned before, FanDuel and DraftKings pumped a ton of money advertising dollars into traditional sports broadcasts. So it would be interesting to see if the gambling entities take the same approach. And if so, if that alters the supply and demand for placements and creates a more premium environment that may cost more. Yeah. The uh, TV is looking for uh, ways, ways, ways to charge more on their advertisement. So uh, this could be a great way for that just to keep, keep going up. It'll be interesting to see if these sports betting outlets are even allowed to advertise during sports broadcasts. Yeah. There's, I think there's gonna be a lot of a, regulation and things things to sort out but um i think the main point here is that there is uh for the leagues and and the teams out there there's a lot of money that's now coming to be capitalized on but also for brands you know looking to see where 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 are these new opportunities that that attention is shifting uh that the sports betting is is bringing about and that's what we're going to keep our eye on here at the lab is you know are we seeing any new platforms rise up where uh there are opportunities for brands to get involved 
I think it's safe to say that there's going to be an explosion of sports content related to gambling. Absolutely. Well, with that, thanks for everybody joining us today. Uh, this was a fantastic conversation. And uh, if you're looking for more great content, please check out our website, ipglab.com. Uh, from there, you can access our Medium blog. You can sign up for our newsletter. It's fantastic. It comes out every Friday. Uh, if, if you're looking to hit us up on social, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at IPGLab. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, leave us an iTunes review, whatever you can do, we'd greatly appreciate it. So with that, thank you. Talk soon.